Welcome to Grace this weekend. Uh, my name is Ryan. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you at one point. I'm one of the uh, pastors here on staff. And uh, again, if we haven't met yet, I'll tell you a little bit about myself here real quick. I love wood piles. I love to chop wood. I love whiteboards and I love ultimate frisbee. So there's a little quick snippet about me, just so you know. And I'd love to hear more about who you are. Love to go into this conversation that we're actually going to wrap up today. We started a series last weekend. It's kind of a, a short one, a two-weeker, where we said, we're going to focus on a conversation around blind spots. And we, we said that blind spots, we're going to talk about how to rely on others to navigate life. And we said it's just a matter of fact that we're always going to have a limited view when it comes to life. Right? It's kind of true physically, it's true spiritually, it's just kind of true. It's what it is. Right? And we, we recognize that in the physical realm, that even the way that our eyes are placed on our body, there's a limited view of ourselves and there's a limited view of life. We talk about driving, we're going to lean into a rear view mirror, right, or the side mirrors to kind of see our blind spots and find those so that we can make sure we make adjustments. We said that's also true, what's true physically is also true spiritually in that we're going to have some blind spots, a limited view of what we can access when it comes to our character or our spiritual life. And so here's how we played it out here, kind of opened the conversation last weekend. If you missed that conversation, by the way, I encourage you to get caught up online if you'd like to, graceohio.org and hit the media tab and uh, get caught up there. But what we said last weekend was this, we said that I have a limited view on what I can really see clearly. And we said that this is kind of the, the perspective that I'm going to have of myself. There's areas of myself that I have a great deal of clarity and understanding in. We said, but there's, there's huge parts of my character and my spiritual life specifically that I'm not going to be able to see as clearly. Right? This is the part kind of of my life that I don't have perfect clarity on. Here was our definition of blind spots. I put it in your notes for you. It said, it's an area in which a person lacks understanding or impartiality. So we said, this part of my life that I can't see opens up the possibility for these blind spots to pop up, right? Areas where I just can't quite get my head around it. I can't quite see clearly. Maybe these are dangers in my life or circumstances that, that may cause me harm, Maybe they're untapped opportunities. I don't fully understand what's right in front of me, and that is a bit of a blind spot to me, right? And so we said, if we're going to uncover these blind spots, if we're going to get understanding where we can't have it, step one in that process to uncovering blind spots is this. We need to admit that we have them, right? It's kind of an admission of being human, right? It's not a statement of weakness. It's just saying, hey, I, I am a human being. I have a limited perspective. If I'm real honest, I probably have some blind spots I don't even know about, right? Because I don't know what I don't know. That's just how it works. I don't know what's back here. I need other help or other sources to be able to give me clarity on these pieces of my life that I can't see, All right? Step one is admit that I have them. Step two then is to appeal to a higher line of vision. If I can't get access to these blind spots often on my own, what I need to do is appeal to God, right? Appeal to a higher line of vision and say, God, I can't see these, but you certainly can. Give me your vision. Give me your insight and wisdom into my situation. So we kind of appeal to God's perspective. And we say, God, man, you know everything. Right? You created me. You know me. 
You have perfect vision. You know my personality. You know me inside and out. And your vision covers the entirety of my life. You knew me before I was born. You have plans for my life. You know my weaknesses, my sins, and my failures, my inadequacies, and my limitations. And you have chosen to love me even in spite of those. God, you know all things about me. I can appeal to a higher perspective. And by the way, God would have this perspective not only of us, of course, but of everyone on the planet. God has no blind spots. It's the very nature of who God is. So we we said last week, I'm gonna leave you hanging a little bit, but we had some action to take. We said, I wanna admit these blind spots, appeal to a higher perspective or a higher line of vision, and then kind of open myself up and say, God, would you begin to show me my blind spots? Would you begin to uncover these in my life? I trust you, I trust that you love me, you want what's best for me, and certainly what's best for me is that these blind spots get uncovered. That's where we kind of landed last week. I realized that when we start talking about blind spots, it can be a bit overwhelming, right? Because there's parts of my life that I didn't expect to be exposed or I didn't even know about, right? And now all of a sudden I'm having a difficult conversation potentially because I'm caught off guard and now these blind spots have popped up and I'm having to deal with them and how do I find them and how do I know that there's not more back here that I'm not aware of that may be dangerous to me. How do I get my hands around this? And so what we wanna do today is really give some hope and some extremely practical steps. And so what we're gonna walk away with today is a very concrete things to do, right? We're gonna walk through a handful of steps to get there. So at the end of the day, throughout this series here, When we land, we're gonna walk away with a total of five steps. I introduced you to the first two that we covered last week, and we're gonna give you three more today, and you're gonna walk away with some concrete action to say, man, I know if I want my blind spots uncovered, I know how to go chase that down. Not gonna be easy, but I hope it will be clear for us, and let's look at this as we begin to dive into our conversation. After I admit that I have blind spots, I appeal to a higher perspective, there's a, a step or a, maybe an attitude that I need to take on that is beyond just an openness to God speaking into my life, and here's what it looks like. Step number three is this. Step number three is get wisdom. Get wisdom. If you're taking notes, you want to jot that down. Step three, get wisdom. And we're going to be spending a bunch of time in uh, the book of Proverbs today. If you have a Bible, or a, you go ahead and turn there, or you can look on your phone or iPad or whatever, and a get to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. If you don't have a Bible, love to have you grab one from underneath your chairs there. And actually, if you don't have a copy that you own personally, take that home with you. We'd love to have you kind of have your own copy of God's Word. As you're turning there, let me give you a little context for what Proverbs is. It's, it's a series of short statements. It is a book of wisdom. Right? So, so if someone's looking and saying, I want to grow in wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is this. Wisdom is, is kind of the art of living well under God's design. Or if I want to live in, in accordance with God's definition of reality, if I want to live how God says to best live, that is wisdom. It's, it's, it's knowledge, but it's more than knowledge. It's knowledge in practice. It's practical knowledge that is put into actual use in living successfully. Could say it that way. Step three is get wisdom. Look at this passage with me. Proverbs chapter four, starting in verse six, the writer of Proverbs says this. 
Do not forsake wisdom. Wisdom is personified here. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. I love this. Get wisdom. So simple. It's as though it costs all you have. Get understanding. Get understanding. And this is where the writer of Proverbs says, hey, before you're going to go read a bunch of things and get a bunch of knowledge, we have to make a fundamental decision that I'm not going to just be open Right? I'm not just going to be open and appeal to a higher perspective. I'm going to make a proactive choice to chase down wisdom. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go find it. The writer of Proverbs says, though it cost you all that you have. Right? It might cost you an unbelievable amount of effort and attention and time, but I, I, I want wisdom and I want to be hungry for it. They're almost like the, the, the wise are greedy for more wisdom. They can't get enough of it. And the writer of Proverbs says, if you want to be this kind of person, man, you got to make a decision that I'm going to go get this thing. I want wisdom. I want understanding. I want to have my blind spots uncovered so that I might grow in understanding and become all that God wants me to be. You guys, I'll be honest, man. I was, uh, I was getting ready for this week's message and reading these verses, I felt like I had a pretty good handle on it coming into the series, but God really... I think just worked in me as I started to look, especially at this point, get wisdom. Because what the writer of Proverbs is saying is this is a, a state of, of hunger for wisdom. I was pretty convicted as I looked at my heart. I, I, I noticed that I am not as hungry for wisdom as I want to be. There's a couple things that really made this clear to me. I looked back right in, in my 20s when I was really in a heavy growth mode. You guys ever have this where you're just, you're eager to grow? You're like, man, I just want to, I want to be all that I can be. I want to, to grow and be all that God wants me to be. I don't want to settle. I have dreams. I have goals. I want to chase down life and get all, you ever have seasons of life that are like that? I can remember seasons of my life where, where it was just marked by a tenacity to chase wisdom down chase down understanding and to, and to tackle and deal with these blind spots that are popping up in my life. I was thinking about that and I thought, man, I don't, I don't know that I see the same kind of tenacity today that I've had in some of the past seasons. I was bothered by that, frankly. Another thing happened where the guy that did the announcements today, his name's Keith Keltner. I don't know if you guys know Keith or not. Great young man, building a great friendship with him. Keith is our, he's our resident here at Overseas Our College Ministry. Keith Keltner, right now, is, in my opinion, at least in my life, he is the most hungry guy I know for wisdom. This guy is taking notes on everybody he can get his hands around. He's showing up early. He's taking classes. He is, right, he is gaining understanding anywhere he can get it. I'm thinking back, and I'm like looking at my life and the different phases where I had that kind of tenacity. I'm looking at it in Keith Kelton. I'm saying, do I have the same kind of passion and drive to grow that Keith Keltner has right now? When I look at this young man, I go, oh, I want that. Man, I want that. I don't want to settle. I don't want to peak, right? I, I want to keep growing. 
Don't you? What if we continue to do this? I started to ask this question. If I'm going to be somebody that gets wisdom, I have to recognize that I'm going to be somebody that's going to be a little bit weird, right? Because it's not normal. Because here's how somebody who's wise is going to approach life. Rather than trying to hide a blind spot, pretend that a weakness isn't there, pretend that I have it all together, somebody who's wise doesn't do that. They choose teachability, right? They choose understanding and they say, instead of trying to avoid or dodge or cover up my blind spots, I'm going to hunt them down. I'm going to go after them. Why? I want wisdom. I want to gain understanding. I want to grow. How weird would it be if we became people that embraced that kind of mentality, that said, I will not settle. I want to continue to grow as a person regardless of my age and stage, and I want to get wisdom. It's a fundamental decision of the heart. It's an attitude or a posture of life. I either am chasing down wisdom or I'm not. A bunch of different ways that we can do that. I can get wisdom from simply opening my Bible and being exposed to God's word. I can gain wisdom from looking at a passage like James 1 that says this. James 1 says, hey, if any of you wants wisdom, if you are lacking wisdom, ask God. He gives to all generously without finding fault. Literally, I can pray and ask God, God, help me. I need your wisdom. Another way that we can grow in wisdom, and I believe this is one of the most untapped resources of wisdom in our lives, often left unaccessed is to do this. It's, it's driving into step four. It's to look and it's to find a few trusted advisors. If you're taking notes, jot that down. Step four, find a few trusted advisors. Let me show you what I mean. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. It's a couple pages to the right. Same book, right? Same context, short statements of wisdom. The writer of Proverbs, right, who introduced us to this pursuit of wisdom and understanding is going to say, hey, uh, if you want to chase this thing down, here's part of what it's going to look like. 1522 says this. It says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Here's what the proverb writer is leaning into. He's saying, when I sit down and plan my life or I pursue something, right, I make projections and move towards something, I'm going to inevitably do that from my limited vantage point. When I do that independently, right, without any other advisors, it makes the, the chances of success of my plans low. But if I were to invite a handful of trusted advisors into my life. And if I were to give them access to my blind spots, if I would look at a a few people that I trust and say, hey, I, I need some more input. I need some more feedback. I need understanding. I need wisdom. Would you help me to see what I can't see? Would you help me to know what I can't know? Would you speak into my blind spots? 
When I find a few trusted advisors, all of a sudden I borrow the wisdom of others and now I can see what I can't see on my own. And that's part of how God supplies wisdom in my life. He puts people around me that can talk to me and speak truth to me and love me and that tends to make my plans more successful. Look at what C.S. Lewis said. I included this quote here. He says, the next best thing to being wise oneself is to live in a circle of those who are. To live in a circle of those who are. Right? When I allow a few trusted advisors into my life that can speak into my blind spots, I've borrowed the wisdom of others. I've become wise myself by having them in my life. In a lot of ways, watch how this works. When I practice this, this can become almost an insurance policy on the health of my soul. Because the people around me now protect me and give me information and wisdom that I can't get myself. Now, natural question, who are these people, right? Where do these trusted advisors come from? What do they look like? Couple places I think that trusted advisors can be drawn from. I think they can be people, first and foremost, who are close to us. They have to know us, right? So we might have an unbelievable amount of respect for someone, but if they're not close enough to see our blind spots, but they're probably not gonna be in our circle. They, they need to be people who love Jesus probably more than they love us. Right? They need to love us enough to tell us the truth and not just tell us what we want to hear. Probably it could be a spouse, right? This is a scary endeavor, by the way. I realize I'm creating a lot of marriage counseling appointments by saying this. I actually sat down and after last week's message, I sat down with Lori and I was like, all right, I need to go there. I sat across the table, I looked at her and I said, honey, what are my blind spots? I'm ready, you know? And she told me things, and, and they hurt a little bit. And I'm not telling you what she said. There's no way. I know you want to know. I'm not telling. But man, I needed to hear it, right? It might be our spouse. It might be a spiritual leader in our lives. If you're in a life group or a connect group, let me tell you something about your life group leader or connect group leader. These people are not perfect, right? No one's perfect, but they love you. They pray for you and they want God's best for your life. Or you might look to a life group leader, a connect group leader, and say, hey, help me get started here. How do I begin to uncover these blind spots? In an ideal world, we're finding one or two, probably the tops, maybe three, very good friends who would be willing to speak into our lives and play this role. A peer-to-peer relationship. A spouse, a spiritual leader, a friend, maybe a pastor, if it makes sense. Ideally, those friendships are going to go deep and be long-lasting and become a habit that can be utilized on a regular basis. I think that's what the proverb writer is leaning into. Let me lead us further into the book of Proverbs to verse 27. Chapter 27, verse 6. Here's what the writer says. Again, chapter 27, verse 6. He says this, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend 
can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. What are we talking about? We're saying, if I'm going to invite a friend into my life, that friend, of course, is going to be close enough to me to be able to see what I can't see on my own. They're going to see my weaknesses. They're going to see my missed opportunities. They're, they're going to see, when I don't see God's best in his vision for my life, they're going to see that sometimes better than I will. And inevitably, when I allow a friend close in and they love me, right, enough to tell me the truth, they're not going to allow that blind spot to remain without bringing it up. When they bring that up, it's going to be somewhat uncomfortable. It's going to feel like a wound. They're going to look at you and say, brother, I love you. Sister, I love you. I need to tell you this because I care about you too much to allow you to be hurt by this or to miss this opportunity, right? Or fail to see this caution that you need to be awakened to. And when they bring those things up with us and they they lean into our priorities, our attitudes, our decisions, or they lean into the way our marriage is working or our purity is playing out, those conversations can feel like a wound. The writer of Proverbs says, trust that wound. That's the kind of friend that you want in your inner circle, right? Hold on to that friendship like gold because those friends are few and far between, right? They can speak into that situation, trust their love and their perspective. They care for you and they're telling the truth to you because they love you. And it's part of God's provision, specifically giving us wisdom in our situation, in our time, right where we need it. The rest of the verse plays out and gives us the flip side. It says an enemy multiplies kisses. What does that mean? An enemy would look and look at our perspective and an enemy would say, I, I'm going to strengthen you in your own perspective. And I'm going to allow the weak spots in your life to remain, and I'm not going to address those. So here's how this looks in practice. Right? In practice, this is the friend who, you know, when you're in a fight with a spouse or you're, you're in a, a tiff with your boss or a coworker, and you're frustrated and you need somebody to talk to about it, this is the person who you go and you talk to them about it, and they tell you how big of a jerk your spouse is and they push you away from your spouse rather than pushing you back towards them. Right? This is the person who's, who agrees with your perspective and strengthens it rather than stopping and saying, I hear you, I love you, that's hard. And have you ever thought of it from the other person's perspective? They're going to love us enough to, to bring the truth back in front of us. This is what a friend would do. An enemy won't do that. They flatter. They multiply kisses. They say things that we want to hear, not things that we need to hear. When we're looking at building this, this circle, this base of trusted advisors, man, we, we need to find friends that are willing to go there with us, not enemies that multiply kisses. Proverbs writer further expands this as he talks in Proverbs 27, 17, same chapter. Actually, I like this chapter. Chapter 17, or verse 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Told you guys I like to chop wood. Did I tell you that? 
I love chopping wood. I heat my house with wood. I like to, to chop the wood like with a splitting maul. You ever seen one of those things? They're serious. And, and you should keep them sharp. And when I, when I read this verse, iron sharpens iron, I thought of my wood pile. Most things make me think of my wood pile, honestly. It's, it's a bit of an issue, but I just happen to have a picture of my splitting mall, so I thought I'd share it with you. Ready? Here it is. Just happened to have that around. Isn't that a beautiful splitting mall? It is fun to swing. If you ever come to my house, you can use it. Okay, we're moving on. Iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. Here's the idea. Here's the concept. Right? When, when two materials, right, when iron rubs up against itself, it's making itself better. It's making the other one better. Right? We're grinding off the rough edges. We're looking ideally in a, in a great friendship that is being cultivated with a trusted friend or advisor, we're gonna point these things out in one another and then we'll reverse it and that person would give us the opportunity to do the same. We're gonna sharpen one another. We're gonna look at each other and and the relationship that we have is gonna cause us to grow together, not to downward spiral into unhealth, into dysfunction. They cause us to be better. This is the trusted advisor. This is the the faithful friend. This is iron sharpening iron. Man, if we could have some relationships like that, that is the heart of biblical community. It's powerful and it's beautiful. Now, this is great in theory. How do we begin to move towards this practically? How do we take action here, right? How, How would this actually look in practice? How do I ask a friend or a mentor to help me with blind spots? I, I want to talk us through that. I know, how do I initiate this conversation? If I'm looking to my spouse or a spiritual leader or a friend, how do I fire up that conversation? I think it looks something like this. I think it looks something like this where I'm reaching out to a friend or mentor. This isn't a lobby conversation. This isn't a text message. Right? This is saying, hey, I'm in a growth mode right now. I really am, am sensing that, that God wants me to grow as a person. I'd love to have your feedback in my life. Would you be willing to do that? Would you sit down over lunch or breakfast with me and give me an hour? And would you just kind of talk to me and my life and my character? I'd love to have your feedback. I trust you. I know you love me. Can we sit down and do that sometime? Give them some notice so they can get their head around what they might say. And then I think what we need to do is we probably have to prepare for that meeting because so we don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. I would lead you to James chapter 1 to help you prepare, to help me prepare for that meeting. James chapter 1, verse 19. You can listen along or turn there if you want. Great practical book of the Bible. James says this, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Here's what James is gonna lean into as I sit down and kind of prepare to look at a trusted advisor face-to-face it's inevitable that they're going to say some things to me, right? They're going to be painful. Fill in this next blank. They're going to look at areas that they know about, but I don't, right? They're going to talk to me about these, areas that they know about that I don't. 
I have to choose beforehand to show up across that table or right, if we're gonna go on a walk or whatever we're gonna do to hear this conversation, to be quick to listen. When I show up there, I wanna be eager, right? I wanna be Keith Keltner. I wanna be eager to receive. I wanna be ready to take some notes. I'm ready, why? Because I want to get wisdom from a few trusted advisors. I'm ready to hear whatever it is that comes out of their mouth. I wanna be slow to speak. Because inevitably, right, there's going to be something brought up that's going to cause me to want to say something, to defend myself, to explain myself. And before that even happens, I'm going to make a conscious decision to not speak, to listen, to hold my tongue, to not, when they point out this attitude or this priority for me to explain away what was going on in my life at the time and why this all makes sense and you don't know the pressure I'm under. And, right, we'll, we, we, we go there quickly, I do. This is the kind of thing I have to do to prepare myself for a conversation like this. Quick to listen, slow to speak, of course, slow to become angry, right? Because some of these things completely take us off guard. And a good friend is going to move towards areas of our heart and our lives that feel a little bit like sacred ground. And you can't touch that. That's important to me. You can't talk about my money. You can't talk about how I'm parenting. You can't talk, right? We're going, to, we're going to be quick to become angry if we're not careful. James says, hey, you get your head in the game. Get yourself ready quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Man, now I'm ready to sit down at that table and have an honest conversation. And here's the kind of thing, I think we're sitting down and we're having that conversation. This is, I think, how it starts, right? Sharing a little bit what God's doing in our lives and we're looking and saying, tell me, what are the attitudes or the priorities or the decisions that you see in my life that I may be missing? What are my blind spots? I'm giving you access to my life. I trust you. I know you. Be gentle, but be honest. Because I want to grow. I want to change. I cannot stay the same. God has more in store for me. Something like that. I think that's what an initial blind spot conversation might look like. Now, if I could take it to the next level... I begin to take you to an area that if we could practice this on a regular basis, man, it really can get good. And I want to share with you guys a, a, a practice, a habit that has been one of the most important habits of my adult life. Uh, I'm so passionate about this because it has served me and has been uh, amazingly gratifying to have a friendship like this. And this is a, a friend where we would share with one another openly on a regular basis. I'm gonna tell you about how it looks in my life. It doesn't have to look like this. This is not prescribing. I'm just telling you what it looks like for me. Uh, Pastor Tony is one of these friends in my life. He, we have been doing this for about the last 10 years. Where we'll meet every other week. And we go a one step deeper into blind spots. And here's what that looks like. It's, it's areas that I know about, but he doesn't. Right? I, it's areas that I know about, but, but they don't. Here's what I'm talking about. It's inevitable that I'm going to have these, right, that other people see and they know about. If I want to stay on top of these blind spots, inevitably what's going to happen is God is going to use his word, prayer, 
other people in my life to begin to uncover blind spots in my life that I know about, but other people don't. And so what happens is when when something comes to my attention, I want to get that in front of Tony, my brother, right, my friend, because I know if I get that in front of him, he's going to bring it back up. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have some accountability around that conversation. So here's the kind of things that we would talk about. I would look at Tony and say, Tony, man, you know I want to be a good husband, but I'm drifting. I'm drifting from a date night. I'm not pursuing the heart of my wife. I need to tell you that so you can check on me. Tony, man, you know I want to be the father that God wants me to be. I'm drifting from that. I need to get it out. I need to get some light on that reality. I want to expose that blind spot, right, so we can work on it together, right? Iron sharpens iron. I would look at Tony, and I would say, hey, man, I have some cautions I want you to be aware of. Maybe there's a new, a new person, a female sometimes will come into my life, and you ever have this where you have chemistry that's dangerous? You may not even know someone, but automatically there's a connection. I'm a married man. That scares me. I would look at Tony and say, Tony, I had this connection with this person. I'm 500 steps away from being in trouble, but I need you to know about it because I am a high-risk individual. I told you guys that last week. I need help. I want to make sure that I'm protected. Tony, keep this in mind. There's some caution that I want you to be aware of. Tony, my, my head's not in the game. A trap that I can fall into personally is I tend to think about the future a lot. I'd be a very future-oriented person. And I'll say, man, I'm living in the future. I need to like drill it back down to today. My head's over here. I need my head to be here. Help me with that. Ask me about it. Can we talk about it? And he would do the same thing with me. I tell you that. It's a level deeper. But if I had a man, a desire, a goal, a hope for all of us is we could find a friendship like that. Because here's the thing. Um, I, I'm not that old of a person. I've been doing this for probably 10 years. I'm positive, positive, that this friendship has protected me from disasters that I won't know about until I see Jesus. I'm positive. This This has been like an insurance policy on the health of my soul because I recognize I cannot protect myself myself. I have blind spots. I mean, I need some people around me to help me with that. It may look different for you, but this conversation is worth pursuing. That's why step five exists is to make it a habit. Make it a habit. When we look at this entire conversation of blind spots, right, that, I, that I admit that I have them, step one. Step two, I need to open myself, appeal to God's perspective on my life. Step three, I make a conscious decision to get wisdom. Go get it. I look for a few trusted advisors that I can build a circle around my life. And then I make that a habit. If I had one thing, one place for us to start today. Because you, you might look at me and say, Ryan, this is kind of a big conversation. We're covering a lot of ground very quickly. I agree. If I had one place for us to start today, it would be this. One takeaway is to move towards 
having a blind spot conversation. To move towards having a blind spot conversation. It takes an unbelievable amount of guts to sit down in front of another human being and have that. I'm convinced that that will do unbelievable things in our lives. And we might be saying, I don't even know where to start. What would that look like? Some of us, we're sitting here and names are popping to the top of our head right away. We know who to call. We know it wouldn't take that much effort, just a little bit of courage or a lot of courage. And it would simply take initiating with a spouse or a spiritual leader or a friend and saying, hey, let's, let's do this this week. If that's where you are, would you allow God to push you over the edge to have that conversation? Maybe that conversation's a little farther away. Uh, maybe you're part of a life group or you know some people that love Jesus, but you're, you're not close enough yet that they would even be able to see your blind spots. What I would encourage you to do is to begin to move towards relationship with a couple people. Go to breakfast, right? Let's have coffee. Guys, let's chop some wood together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. Ladies, do whatever you do, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure, but move towards relationship. You know, we got to get to know each other. We got to start somewhere. If we don't have these people we can call on today, we got to start somewhere. And if, if this is your first time here or maybe your first month here and you're like, man, I don't know anybody. I don't even know where to start. Let me give you a starting point. This conversation may be a couple months away. It's okay. But if I had to say one starting point, one place to begin, here's where it would be. Join a discovery group. Join a discovery group. If you say, I don't, I don't have a person today I could call to do this or I need a few more Join a discovery group. Start the process of moving towards biblical community. Because this is, is the heartbeat of it, is that we would love one another, love each other enough to fight for each other's hearts and fight to protect one another's souls. Think about this. What if we are one conversation away from a personal breakthrough? You ever felt stagnant? You ever felt stuck? Like you hit a ceiling in personal growth or in your walk with Jesus if you have a relationship with Christ? What if we're one conversation away from getting the wisdom and getting the understanding that man, explodes our potential? What, what if the limitations that have been holding us back are one conversation away? That's it. What if we're one conversation away from having the dangers that will come up and destroy our lives, having those removed, having some light on them? Can you even imagine the opportunities that can be grabbed hold of, the pain that could be avoided, the marriages that could be saved? if we simply access the wisdom that is right here. It's right there. It's right there for the taking. Custom-built wisdom from people that we know and we love, and all it takes is a simple decision to be courageous 
to have guts to say, all right, I'm going to be weird. I'm going to chase down the blind spots in my life because I don't want to stay the same. In five years from now, I want to be more of what God wants me to be than I am today. And we don't do this to gain salvation. We do this because we have salvation. If you're a Christ follower, Jesus did not come and die on a cross for us to be mediocre. He came to give us life. He came to make us all that God has made us to be. And when we lean into this, we're leaning into some of God's design and his plan for us. I want to do that together. And guys, I, I want to uh, quickly make a statement. I think for most of us, this is the landing point. We go pursue this blind spot conversation. I want to recognize that a handful of you will take me up on this, this decision, this challenge, and your lives will change. Some of us are hurting right now. If you lost someone, or if you're in a, a season of grief, listen. Take this conversation, put it in your back pocket, and pull it up in a little while when you've healed. It's okay. If you're in a place where you're ready to embrace wisdom and ready to grow and ready to change, let's do this. Let's uncover the blind spots. Let's see God's wisdom unleashed in our lives. I'm gonna ask the band to come out. I wanna pray for us, because this thing we're talking about is a little scary. I realize that. I want to pray and I want to ask God to give us courage to move towards his best for our lives. Father, I want to say thank you that you love us enough to show us that we have limited perspective, to give us your vision and your wisdom. And God, thank you that you teach us what wisdom is. Lord, thank you for the people that you've placed in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would give us courage. Help us to break through the apathy. God, you, you and I have been talking about that this week. I don't want to stay the same. I want to be hungry and tenacious in my pursuit of wisdom. God, would you grant that request in our hearts? Make us greedy for wisdom, Lord, and help us to find the relationships that are going to lead to our blind spots being uncovered. Give us courage to be open, to be honest, to be real, and to move towards all that you have in store for us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.